Well, surprise, I am not Pastor Harold. <laughs> I thought about having his glasses on this morning and like ripping them off and like surprising you guys, but I didn't want to rip the, I didn't want to rip the mic off my face. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I know I know most of you guys, um, my name's Hagen, um, Pastor Harold's my dad, um, for about the last year or so I've been um, doing Fuse Ministry up here um, as kind of intern level kind of thing, um, and then also I help out the different campuses doing all sorts of different things, but um, as part of this, my dad asked if I would be interested in closing out our Ephesians series, um, so I've never been on a stage in front of adults before, so <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully it goes well. well. We'll see how it goes, but before we start, I'm going to open up with a word of prayer, and then I'll dive in. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. Again, for all those who are here, I'm grateful that uh, they took the time out of their week and out of their weekend to be here with our church family, and uh, God, I ask that you just bless us with attentive hearts to what it is that you desire us to hear, and um, I ask, Father, as well, just to have clear thoughts, clear speech, and that um, ultimately your word would just be presented well, and uh, as for each one of us would take these into our weeks and apply what it is that you have for us. And, uh, Father, we love you. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. All righty. So for those of you who haven't been with us, we've been in this series of Ephesians, and this is the last week. And so to kind of summarize what it is we've been talking about is, um, I guess the, if I were to do it or say it in one word, it would be the gospel. And, you know, it's Paul writing this letter to the church in Ephesus, and it's no surprise that he talks about the gospel. He is all about the gospel. Um, and so that's the main kind of frame that we're looking at for this. Um, and so moving into it, we've throughout Ephesians, there's like three main sections that he talks about. Um, and so the first one is in chapters 1 and 2, we learn about our identity. And the importance of this is that who we are will determine what it is that we do in our life. So for instance, like my full-time job as an engineer. I go to work. I do the things engineers do, you know, working on a computer, inter like interacting with people in the shop, and like that's it's what I do. It's because it's who I am, and you know, as so we learn about like who we are in Christ, where we were previously dead from sin, and then because of Jesus and what He did on the cross, we are now made alive with Christ. We are children of God, and because of Christ and what He did on the cross, we are adopted into His family. And so that is our, our new identity. We're part of this new race and a new family of people. And then there's like this middle section, chapters 3 and 4, that's all about theory. It's kind of like the academic portion, like the ideal case of what a Christian life should be about. We learn about like how we are like mobile worship centers, as we've been kind of calling it, where we live our lives in such a way that proclaims the name of God. We, you know, we are someone or some, like we are people who can explain what God has done in our lives. We share the gospel with our friends. We do these things, you know, Christian things, in a kind of an ideal big picture sense. But then lastly, this last section in chapters 5 and 6, we're talk I call it the practicals. Kind of things like, here are examples, here are places where you have to show Christ. So we talked about um, marriage relationships, talked about um, parenting, kind of in the workplace. And then at the very end of it, Paul moves into what we call the armor of God, um, which is it's kind of a weird transition where he's been moving, talking about all these different areas of our life, and then he switches to like military talk. Um, and so that's where we're going to be at today. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, we'll be reading verses 10 through 24. Um, I don't have a page number in the seat Bible, sorry. 
Um, yeah, so I'm going to read. I'm going to read the whole passage, and then we'll kind of go through and break it down. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore. Take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing. Tychicus, the, the beloved brother and faithful minister of the Lord, will make everything known to you. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about us, and he may comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren, and love with faith from God and the Father, and Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all of those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an incorruptible love. He needs more periods. Dang. So before he even gets into the armor of God, he kind of gives us this frame of you know, what the battle is. And it's really important that we start here before he even moves into it because what we've been talking about and like what we experience every day is life is a battle. Everything we do is, I mean, life is hard. I mean, just talking to people, experiencing my own life, it is very difficult to do the things the Lord does or do the things the Lord asks us to do. Um, but like, what is this battle? So he just got done talking about marriage, talking about parenting, talking about the workplace. And we come into these situations where we deal with people and we just immediately want to like, attack the people that we're dealing with. But look what he says here in verse 12. He says, For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces and darkness, and the spiritual forces, wickedness in the heavenly places. He's reminding us that the actual battle isn't against the people we're dealing with. The the battle is against the sin that we all face. Like We have sin inside of us, and Paul talks about it in Romans, where even as a Christian, there's still this sin that we deal with on a daily basis, where we have this desire to do the things of God, and the desire to do sin, and they just, they're in conflict with each other. And so he reminds us that even though we have these battlegrounds, the battle isn't against, you know, your husband's not against your wife. I'm not married, so I can't really claim that, but you know, it's not against your kids, it's not against the people at work, it's against the sin in your life and against the sin in their lives. And so, like, when I come up against somebody at work where I just want to argue with them, I want to tell them they're wrong, or, you know, they give me a hard time about everything. You know, when that happens, it's not about them, it's about the sin that they have in their life. And um, ultimately, the goal is that we would use things we're going to be talking about, to battle the actual sin between us for the sake of unity. And so he begins here and frames that picture for us. 
So then he moves on to the armor. So I'm going to go through each of the components kind of quickly, but there's, there's five de like defensive components and there's one offensive component. And so he starts off with the belt of truth. Um, he doesn't specifically use the word belt, but it's kind of the idea of, um, it says gird your loins, so kind of like around your midsection, like the core. So we relate this to truth, which is kind of the foundational part of everything that we do is what holds the core of who we are together is this truth. And so, you know, in a world where everything is kind of nebulous, kind of believe what you want, what we're reminded here is like there is a, a specific thing that is right and wrong. There is, you know, ultimately God's word, which is what holds everything together. It brings balance. And it's the, the truth of God's word that binds the rest of these components together. So if you can imagine back in this day and age, they would wear long, like, tunic-type robe things. And so they would, what the soldiers would do, they would hike it up, belt it up. And in, like, in my case, I wear a belt to hold my jeans up. I mean, many of you, can, I'm sure, can relate. Like, it's what holds it together. And so the next piece he moves on to is the breastplate of righteousness. Um, and this one was kind of interesting as I was kind of trying to figure this out because um, it's, it's not really, it's kind of interesting. So the breastplate, it protects your vitals. Like all of the internal organs that you have, it, it protects all of this. Um, and so as this relates to our kind of spiritual life, righteousness is what protects who we are, what it is that, you know, who make, like as a person who we are. But what we know of God's word and from the gospel is that none of us are, we're not righteous. We're not perfect people. Um, I, you know, I experience this on every day. Like, I'm not a perfect person. So how is it that, like, I strap on righteousness? And, you know, going back to the main ideas, like, this, if this is all about the gospel, this righteousness then is about the gospel. It is the righteousness of Christ from what he did on the cross for us that protects us. And so as we're going into our day, our lives and everything that we do is upheld and, and protected by God's righteousness, which we're going to continue to talk about. So he moves on then to the shoes of peace. Um, and again, doesn't actually say shoes, but the verb he uses there is shod. So kind of like, I immediately thought of putting like shoes on a horse, like shodding a horse's feet. But the idea there is putting on shoes. And all of these components are, it's, I guess the way I understood this growing up was the shoes of peace is while you're pre presenting the gospel, you're going out and giving the gospel. But if we're looking at armor and following this kind of theme, I think like a better way of understanding this is our foundation is supported by this, and our, the, this peace, this preparation of the gospel of peace is what protects like, our foundation. So what, you know, as we're walking, there's this peace with the gospel that protects us. So, like, what is that? So my mind immediately thought of uh, Romans chapter 5. Paul is writing to the church in, Roman, in, in Rome, and he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out on us within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So how he relates it here is we have peace with God, again, through the gospel, like through 
the work of Jesus on the cross and what he did for us, we have this peace with God. So as we're walking through our life, facing our battles, our foundation, we have this confidence in our position with, with God. We're, we are covered by Jesus. And then he moves, moves on to the shield of faith. And this was another one I thought was very, very interesting. Because um, what we learned about in chapter 2 is that faith is actually something we get from God. Like, all the faith that we have, it's not something we just kind of produce for ourselves. It's actually when we're given faith according to what we need. And what's uh, fascinating about a shield, it actually serves three purposes. So the shield protects our body. A shield is used for, like, in teamwork. And it's also used as a declaration. So I'm going to kind of go through that. So I'm going to throw that next one up here. So a Roman soldier would carry this shield. It's huge. It actually would cover almost their entire body. And so like in the same way, like our shield of faith, we're going to kind of connect these dots here, it covers everything. It covers our entire body. And then when it comes to like teamwork, this is actually how Roman soldiers would go to battle. They would travel in a giant group protecting every side. Wait for it. There it is. So there's a, like a teamwork aspect of this you know, faith, if you will, that we're going to kind of talk about. And then the last part I think is most interesting is that a shield is also a declaration. So there's like a, like a psychological factor that plays into shields. So do you guys recognize any of these? Which, so what's the, what's the first one up here? Do you guys know that one? There it is. So that's a Spartan shield, the middle one. Dad knows you can't cheat. So this one's a Viking shield. And then we got, I don't know if anyone knows this one. I'm actually curious. You're right. Messiah tribe. And then we got, obviously, call it classic. Um, and we got the Arise shield for a modern one. So this one here in the bottom middle, this is a Roman shield. And if you look at it, there's the pieces that look kind of like lightning. Those are actually the lances that they would use in war. So they, they would carry two different ones, one for like fighting and then one for throwing. So the ones they would throw, when it got stuck in the ground or in a shield, it would actually buckle so they couldn't, the enemy couldn't throw it back. And they were like extremely deadly with these things. So that spear was a symbol of the Roman army. And so when you saw a giant troop of shields coming at you, you're already afraid because you know what's coming. So there's like a psychological effect to this as well. And then in the book of Hebrews, we learn that like faith is ultimately believing what God says about who we are. And there's, so when we're going to kind of connect this thought, it's like when we're going into our battles, we have this shield which is a confidence in God and what he says. So when we consider the promises of God, you know, that he's going to take care of our needs when we seek his kingdom. You know, when we need wisdom, he promises to give it to us. Those promises that he fulfills and is faithful to fulfill, that's our, our confidence. Like, we, we can just walk up into our battle knowing that he's already covered the details. And then lastly, like, with that point is this idea of, like, community. Um, if you talk to me longer than about five minutes, I'm all about community. I actually taught my dad that. I'm excited. Um, but when we take our shield and we link up with other Christians who do this, we're protected on all sides. We do it together. We fight together. There's, the more you read God's Word and the more you like, unpack how we're supposed to do life, there's never a point where we're doing it by ourselves. And, you know, like Sarah and I live in Fremont. We live like two streets apart from each other. And... 
for those of you who don't know, Sarah's my older sister. Um, and we do, we do community type stuff. Like we are all about being with people, praying with people, and it's, it's the most encouraging thing you can do during the week. I mean, it's, it, it's the highlight of every week. So after the shield of faith, it moves on to the helmet of salvation. Um, and the helmet serves two purposes, not three, but two. And the first one is obviously it protects the head. So this, you know, when you got stuff flying around the air in war, stuff's coming at you, it's, it will protect your mind. But also it's a form of identification. Um, the helmet in the, in the Roman legions would, each one of these signifies a different status within the army. It's, it's kind of tell these are different colors. There's like several different types of helmets with like plumes on them. Like there's just a bunch of them. But it would actually identify within the legion and to the enemy who they were. So, you know, if the enemy's coming up against the legion, they look out, the guys with the red tufts on top, those were the ones in charge. And here Paul relates this to our salvation, where our salvation by Jesus Christ is our identifying symbol. That's, like, that's who we are. And what we see over and over again with this gospel of Jesus is that through faith in Christ, our status is saved, and our rank is a Christian. And that goes for all of us. It's not some different tier within a single unit. It's we are all wearing the same helmet of salvation. And so those are the, those are the first five components. Those are all defensive. The last one is offensive, which is the sword of the Spirit, which he calls the Word of God. And this is, this is our only primary weapon, our only primary form of actual attacking within this kind of object lesson. And so God's Word is our primary weapon. We're, there's not a whole lot of nuance to it. It's pretty straightforward. Um, one of the best examples, I think, is Jesus in the desert when he gives, or he's out there for 40 days, he hasn't eaten anything, Satan comes and tempts him with all the things that Jesus wants to accomplish. And he says to Jesus, you know, bow down, ultimately worship me, do things my way, I'll, I'll just give it to you. And Jesus uses Scripture to attack that temptation. And so when we come up against our temptations, you know, when there's something we want to do and we know God doesn't want for us, do we take out and draw our sword? Do we pull out Scripture? That's what, the, what he's conveying to us, is that that is our ultimate attack, is God's Word. So the application of this, I think, is the most important part. I, I'm, I like things cut and dry, pretty straightforward. Um, and so the last major part of this is all about application. So like, what, is, like, what does it actually look like to put on the armor of God? You guys are lucky. I don't have this picture on the screen. Uh, hopefully it disappears. But my, my HR lady brought in, you guys know those like, plastic armor things for kids who are like this tall? I, I put that on this week just to see what it looked like. And it was, no, no, you, no, you don't. <laughs> we're going to keep that hidden. No, don't. It's, it was awful. But, I mean, if you were to wear a suit of armor to work, it's, it's not pretty. It's just not, it, it would be very strange. So then the question is, like, how do we actually do this? Um, so I got kind of like three main points to this. And the first one is we have to remind ourselves of our identity where Paul begins this entire letter talking about who we are in Christ. So, you know, there's this relationship with Christ that changes who we are. It changes our identity from, you know, being dead, being you know, what he called Gentiles, being separated from God, to now we are a part of this family. 
So who we are should and will determine what we do. So if we're saved, if we are Christians, then, and we've put our faith in Christ, then how we live is going to be different. So like, how is it then that we put on this armor? Um, and it's, it's kind of, you know, this is a spiritual battle we're talking about. And so putting these on, it's not like actually putting on your, your shoes. It's not actually putting on a belt that says truth on it, although I guess you could do that if you wanted. But uh, like the way, that, you know, the way that I kind of process this is like when I get up in the morning, I am not a morning person. Like at all, I like when I'm. I live fairly close to work, so I can walk to work. And what I do is, I've been really trying to like spend time in prayer, preparing my mind for the day ahead. Um, you know, it's our busy season at work right now, so I know it's going to be high stress. Customers calling with the weirdest requests. It's just, it's very, it's a difficult thing. So what we do is we, you know, to put on the belt is to remind ourselves of the truth. Well, the truth that we are saved. You know, that's reminding ourselves of the truth of our salvation reminding ourselves of God's identity of, you know, we have Christ's righteousness protecting who we are, so there's no fear there. And then we prepare ourselves ultimately with, like, faith and with the peace of the gospel. And all these, the most important part is that all these defensive components that we're talking about come primarily through a relationship with Christ. That's why this whole thing is about the gospel, where it is a relationship with Christ and in, in our dependence on his life, death, and resurrection, which gives us access to all of these components. And so our identity is the number one thing that we learn from Ephesians, is that we have to be in a relationship with Christ to even have access to these things. And the second part of this is God's Word. You have to read God's Word. You've got to know God's Word. You have to apply it. One of the most difficult things I... I experienced personally as well as talking with many of my friends is like getting into God's word. You know, a lot of a lot of what we do now is so instantaneous, you know, on our phones or whatever, you know, a lot of feedback from people calling people is very instantaneous. And so getting into God's word has to be very intentional. But what we learn is from the life of Jesus as well as from Paul is that like this is our only offensive weapon for our life. So in the battles we're we're in if we're not in God's word, not using God's word, then we are missing the only thing we have to attack our battles with. And it's <clears throat> something else, too, I was thinking about is when you first get a pair of shoes or you first get like a, like a new jacket or something, it doesn't, it's, you know, sometimes they, they fit kind of on, all right, but they're, they're uncomfortable. They're not, it's not like perfect. You know, they don't, especially shoes, you have to kind of break them in. Where, especially when you're putting, like, practicing and doing the things like this where we're putting on the armor of God, it's uncomfortable. It's hard. It, it doesn't feel quite right. Um, but as the more you do it in the same way as like a new pair of shoes, when you start practicing putting on the armor of God, reminding yourself of your identity, you know, reading God's word, it becomes more comfortable, more natural. It's like the actual flow of your life will start to incorporate that more easily. And it's, um, you'll notice that it becomes part of your life instead of something kind of off to the side, if that makes sense. And then third point is, Paul, after the armor of God, he talks about prayer. Um, he, he gives us the command to pray, which pretty much all of his letters kind of close with that idea. Um, but prayer is just our communication with God. It is how we interact with God from 
kind of like our perspective. Um, you know, God talks to us through his word, and we pray about those things with, you know, with what we're kind of talking about with God. And um, So pray for your battles. Pray for the stuff that you're dealing with. There's nothing wrong with praying for yourself. I mean, it's, it's how you express to God what's going on in your life. But also, you know, be praying for the people you're battling. Be praying for the people in your life around you. And then praying with those people as well. You know, like forming up your legion unit, as it were. You know, be praying with those people. And then, you know, ultimately what he says here is be praying for him so that he can be effective in his work. And so, you know, be praying with the specific intention of sharing the gospel. Like, pray for the strength to do life this way so that we can be effective in our mission of preaching the gospel. And so that's his, that's his kind of main point with prayer there. Um, I talk way faster than Dad. This is epic. <laughs> Sorry. So I've got like, kind of one, one last major point of this. Um, but, you know, this is actually the closing section of it. So, Sonny, if you guys want to come back up for your song. Um, the, the best example that came to mind about how this is actually done is Christ himself. And what, what, I was, what came to mind um, as I was kind of studying this out is Jesus, you know, Jesus is God. And in, in the book of John, the very beginning, it says, in the beginning was the word. He goes through this long list, and then ultimately Jesus is the word. And the greatest, the greatest battle we have ultimately is sin. You know, the sin in our lives, again, the sin in other people's lives, and when those come into contact, creating conflict, this battle is sin. 